G'day, community. It's, um, it's Dog here. <laughs> Just recording a little, a little amendment to the podcast. Um, so during the podcast, I talked about uh, not believing in curses and, and selecting Sam Walsh. Um, in Supercoach 2022, and it's just come across that the rumours are true, and he, he has suffered a syndemosis ankle injury, and he will miss at least at least a month to start the season. And I just want to say I'm sorry. I just want to say I'm so bloody sorry to everyone out there who trusted me, who I let down. But we will get through this together. We'll come out stronger on the other side. We will have plenty to discuss. Um, so maybe just skip the Carlton portion of this podcast. And, and we'll touch on it. Um, we'll touch on it at a later date. Anyway, it's a very good episode and I really recommend that you all listen to it. Um, oh God, God bless. God bless you all. G'day community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I'm Lek Dog. I am joined today by two very beautiful human beings. The first one being the man who has kept the bloody website running. That's you, Damo. How are you over in uh, WA? I'm good. I'm uh, looking forward to the season finally beginning. We need to actually see some football played very soon. I mean, we've got the AFLW, but AFLW unfortunately doesn't have a super coach format. The fantasy format is still going strong though. And, um, but we're not tinkering with our AFLW fantasy team. <laughs> Everyone seems to be posing, uh, posting different versions of their team and everyone's just going around in circles at this stage. So can't wait for some men's footy to get underway. No, looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Thank you again for organizing all of the pocket profiles which are up on the site, every single team is analysed. And we're going to talk about that today. We're going to go through them, take a look and and discuss how we think that's all landed. Patchy boy, patchy, patchy, patchy boy. Lek Pleasure to see dog. you. Oh, mate, I am walking on sunshine to be back chatting with you two beautiful eggs. Um, Damo, you've been absolutely killing it running all of that website content. There's community there's so much on the uh, online on the internet like just generally but also jockreynolds.com.au there's so much stuff um mardo has been pumping out um you know 600k midfielders analysis and there's been some rookie stuff there's been all of the pocket profiles there's been the team picker there's been so much stuff so much stuff yep your rookie bible went up early last week or middle of last week which is you know basically highlighted everything we know know about the rookies so far. Which, Barons, not, bro- it's not a lot. Not <laughs> yeah, a lot. not a lot. But it went up, and that's nice. <laughs> Barons breakdown went up a couple of weeks ago, um, which was essentially every single player analysed. Damo, you chucked up a late to the party article looking at players who debuted late last year who might be super coach relevant, and then the top five series, which we haven't done in a couple of years, has kicked off. Mardo has put up the top five most discriminated against in Supercoach 
2022, which I think is hilarious. So that's a great read. We're going to have a few more top fives appearing on the site over the next couple of weeks. But let's jump into today. By the way, today's podcast brought to you by supercoachchampion.com. They make Supercoach rings, Supercoach Championship rings. If you go to our Twitter page, you'll see videos of those rings. They always do an awesome job. They've made us a custom one for our trivia competition, which will happen, I promise, throughout this season. That's not going to not happen. Jump on, get your rings for your fantasy league, Supercoach League. They do NRL, AFL, BBL, custom-made, fantasy, Supercoach. They do it all. That's supercoachchampion.com. And tell them we sent you. Gentlemen. Black dog. We're going to jump straight in with the Fremantle Dockers patch. Now, Damo, we will get your thoughts on this because you wrote this, but it was on the 3rd of the 1st. We're now the 13th of the 2nd, so quite some time ago. Patch, the name that jumped out to me was Sean Darcy. Sean Darcy, $642,600. He's a ruckman. The big man, Hodor, uh, averaged 118 in 2021 with only three scores below 90. He is a very popular selection so far this year, and people think he's taking the next step, Patch. What do you think? Um, look, I I mean, he kind of took the next step, but I'm still, you know, once bitten, twice shy. Raleigh O'Brien did this a few years ago, and I, I, I don't know. $642,000 is a lot of dollars to pay for a ruck who's, you know, done it once, done it very well. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I haven't, he hasn't been in my team all preseason as of yet. Well, Damo, I'll ask you about him. Have your thoughts changed at all? Or is he still someone that you think coaches out there should consider for that R1 or potentially R2 spot? Although, is there anyone more expensive than him? Is it just Maxi Gorn? Just Max Gorn more expensive than him. And I have seen a few... Gorn Darcy combinations, but um, going big. I Sean Darcy hasn't moved from my team, and there seems to be the idea that he's injured, but he, he hasn't actually missed a training session yet for, for, for the Dockers. He has he has left the field twice over the preseason, but hasn't actually missed a session. So, and he does have a history of getting injured in the preseason. So I think they're just sort of taking a conservative approach with him, but his fitness has improved. He looks, he looks like a much more athletic specimen. He's not specimen. He's not a, he doesn't look like that big bulking puppy fat sort of guy anymore. He's looking more like a footballer. And um, I think as long as he can stay fit, He's going to give Grundy and Gorn a run for their money. Well, it's an interesting one. I've actually got none of those three in my team at the moment, so we won't talk about my team. But Sean Darcy, I've been looking at him. My thought is I'm going to try and get some value in the rucks, but he's definitely someone that I'll, I think I can get later on for, if not a bit cheaper, the same price, but totally understand starting him. I think, I think we talk about this every year. Maybe this is the year that the torch gets passed, gentlemen. Maybe this is the year. Maybe, maybe. it's, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Brady Grundy when we get to Collingwood, but yeah, uh, yeah. Darcy's probably second in line, but I don't know what we're doing ruck wise this year. And I just, just getting bad vibes. 
and that's you know in February vibes are enough for me to not pick someone at this stage Damo is there anything else standing at when you wrote this was quite a while ago is there any other news any changes you might make to this article by the way follow Damo at Damo SC on Twitter uh well Quite a bit has changed in six weeks. Um, I still think that Nathan O'Driscoll is the rookie to keep an eye on. I don't think, based on who's available and what I've been hearing, I don't think Neil Erasmus actually plays round one. There is every chance that he will debut early in the season and they might be saving him for a home debut in round two, but I don't think he he opens the season in the side. I don't know if Nathan O'Driscoll opens the season in the side either, but but both have been impressing in the preseason. And I think there's a chance that one of them, if not both of them, will debut in the first couple of rounds. Now, one name I don't want to spend. It's easy to get stuck on the the profiles that we wrote. I just want to ask you, he was only mentioned sort of as an offhanded line at the start of the article, but Will Brody, $224,300 mid-forward, came across from the Suns in the off-season. Is there any news on him? Has anything changed around Will Brody? The only thing that has changed is I don't know if he is in that 22 to start the year. If he is, he's probably starting as the substitute against Adelaide in round one. Okay, interesting. One to watch for sure. I hadn't thought about the sub-risk with Will Brody, but it is very real and that scares me quite a bit because it's a tough best 22 to pick. Um, It's just not easy at all. I also really like Hayden Young. Don't know if I can squeeze him in. Depends on if we don't get a lot of rookies in the back line or what happens there. But keeping a a very close eye on on a fit Hayden Young against Higgins. I tried not to touch the defense because I had no idea how it was going to line up because they've got Joel Hamling, Brennan Cox, Luke Ryan, Griffin Logue, and Alex Pierce all to fit in. I think Luke Ryan, I think obviously there's some locks in there. Like Luke Ryan won't become a, won't be a, a key defender again. Like he will be someone who is a, is allowed to use the ball like he should use the ball. Um, but in saying that, with Heath Chapman and Hayden Young there and no real lockdown defender, is he the one who is sent to the small forwards or do they play Hamling, Cox and Pierce and give that job to Griffin Logue who has shut down the likes of Charlie Cameron in the past? It really depends on what they want to do in that space and I really didn't want to touch any of the defenders. Hayden Young, I did want to talk about Hayden Young but I couldn't find a heading for him. Um, yeah, he's in that weird, like, I mean, he did give uh, Sean Darcy the breakout, which I thought was very funny. But <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know where you fit him in both as a, you know, as a super coach option and how he fits into that side. And he's just one I'm going to watch over the next couple of weeks or the next and couple I, of months. And I did mention in the, um, in the intro that um, Hayden Young could break out because he averaged 89.6 over the final five games with three scores of 94 or more. Yep. Heath Chapman as well could be. Ooh, ooh. We're not, I mean, need plenty of more preseason stuff. If there's but... no defender rookies, then Heath Chapman at 275K could be one that people have to pay up for. Yeah. Okay. All right, Damo, let's push forward. Let's look at the Brisbane Lions. This one was written by Zach, who finished sixth in Supercoach last year. You can follow him on Twitter at React. 
T-A-U. So R-E-A-C-T-T-A-U. He's a great community member, loves his Lions, loves Zach Daly almost as much as I do. And uh, and and he's got some insights into the Brisbane Lions. Damo, do you have any thoughts on uh, on what he put up for us? Speaking to him earlier today, actually, about who potentially could be someone to look at at the Lions, and he said their 22 will remain pretty much identical to the way it was at the end of last season. So you're not going to see many rookies debut early, and the and the main difference will be that Darcy Fort plays instead of Eric Hipwood. So Jared Lyons, he, he had to mention Jared Lyons as his lock because no one else seems to want to start Jared Lyons, but every year he seemed, well, not every year, because only the last couple of years he's been at the Brisbane Lions, but every year he's been at the Brisbane Lions, he has been one of the better, one of the best midfielders in Supercoach. It, he kind of reminds me of like Jack McRae when he'd just become really good, but people were still refusing to select him. It took a couple of years of Jack McRae being, you know, an elite 110 plus scorer before people actually liked him. Obviously, Patrick, the exception, you caused you. his breakout. Congratulations. Jared Lyons just gets the gets the job done and scores well um, and is in a criminally low amount of teams at the moment. Um yeah, I mean, his numbers speak for themselves. If you didn't look at his name and you just had his numbers on a spreadsheet demo, you'd have him in your team. Oh, yeah, for sure. But people worry about his age. People worry about Brisbane potentially wanting to reinvent their midfield. Brisbane are trying to win a flag. then like, And their midfield is one of their best assets. Why would they change that? It's It's their defense that needs the run and it's their forward line that needs to score better. Patch, is there any names on this Brisbane breakout, or I'm sorry, not Brisbane breakout, Brisbane pocket profile that stuck out to you, or anyone that maybe didn't appear that you're interested in? Um, I didn't. I don't think Jared Lyons is the lock. I think Lockie Neal is the lock at the Lions this year, and I don't think Lyons is someone we really should be looking at incredibly closely to start the season. I'm just concerned about them pushing Rayner through the middle. Jared Berry's getting a run through the middle. Um, Cam Rayner obviously gets more midfield minutes this year. I don't know. Zach the Goat there. Bailey. Zach the Goat Bailey. Thank you. Um, you know, he's had, I th- he missed their match Simpson. I don't know if it's a, just um, managing his load or if he's injured. I just get a little bit worried at this stage. Maybe, you know, maybe it's fine by round one and, you know, I, I do a backflip. But at this stage, I'm not hugely keen. Kadeen Coleman as well, since this went up, um, you know, this went up very early January as well. Um, Gideon Coleman might be sliding onto that that halfback flank, that Grant virtual role. Dane Zorko has been floated across halfback, um, but Dane Zorko is also getting a bit old. Um, they've got James Madden as well. I'm, I'm keeping an eye on on Kitty Coleman um, at 263,200 as a defence forward. Um, awful, awful, awkward price. But again, the rookie situation might require um, some creative manoeuvring well, can you just speak to Lockie Neal very quickly? $543,200 averaged 99.8, essentially 100 last year in the 15 matches he played. He's in 50% of teams. He's not in my team. Can you just speak to him uh, and why we should be considering him? Well, <laughs> why yeah. everyone except me is considering him, I guess. Uh, yes, I can do that relatively quickly. Uh, 2015 averaged 104, 2016, 112, 2017, 109, 2018, 111, 2019, 121. 2020, 134, 
2021, very injury affected 99. Hmm. I rest my case, Your Honor. And not only Lockie Neal, but also people in the Lions camp is saying this is the fittest they have seen Lockie Neal since he began at the Brisbane Lions. Yep. He's missed in those, aside from last year, does not miss many games of footy either. Um, Interesting. Yes. Yeah, he is. He is probably underpriced for what he's done in the past, and I think that's how we get ahead this year. <sighs> he's probably going to end up in my team, but I just, I don't have him yet. It'll, it'll come. You'll come to your senses. I believe in you. All right. Uh, well, do you want to talk about Zach Bailey before we move on? I just think he's the logical choice as a forward breakout option. He's going to get midfield minutes. He's probably going to split all those minutes with Cam Rayner. He's He's an explosive player who can impact games late, uh, and we saw that happen a couple of times last year where he gets rewarded quite heavily by champion data. Um, He had 10 scores of 90 or more last season, and I just think as a forward option, he's he's at $459,000. He's an exciting, exciting prospect. Not in my latest draft at the moment. I slipped Cam Rayner into that position for two hundred grand cheaper, but I think the upside of Bailey is higher than the upside of Rayner. I think you're right. I think you're right. Should we move on to Sydney? We, we should, shall. Demo. Take it away. All right. So Zane wrote this one. Big Swans fan. He loves his Swans, and I think I'm if you swans. go to his Twitter timeline, he's either talking about the Swans or drawing the Swans or talking about drawing the Swans. So, um, Pat, was there anyone in the Swans profile that caught your eye? Patty McCartan, Patty McCartan, Patty McCartan, Patty McCartan. It's happening. It's <laughs> we haven't spoken happening. since he added to, since he was added to Supercoach and he was, and he's been added at $157,000. He's been added. He's been added. Um, yeah, 157000 is a weird price, but yeah, I don't know what the basis is. We've spoken about it um, a little bit, uh, you and I, Damo. I think it just makes it more interesting. Um, like, it's just that if he was 102, everyone would pick him. 150 makes it more interesting. And you know what? That's fine. Like, it makes it more interesting. It's I think sure. he'll be one of those players who people will complain about the price of and sort of won't pick him. Yeah, people and then he, and then he'll anything. play around one, and that's, and then he'll be named around one, and then he's suddenly in sixty eight percent of teams. Yeah, people will complain. Well, he's about currently him. in two percent of teams. Yeah, I mean, well, we we essentially think right that the price is just based on the last time he played, and they're they're ignoring the fact that he's been. They're basically assuming like he's priced at what he was last when he played, and the two years out just we're just I, ignoring that, right? I I don't know. I don't know. It and feels I, that way. I don't think it really matters. They've added him. That's the price. The Gary sure. Ablett rule, right? Sure. Like we're we're here. He's been added. I think, you know, I think he's still on the verge of that twenty-two. He doesn't immediately, you know, command a spot straight off the bat. But I think he's he's pushing for it. And if he gets it, it'll be as that third tall in defence. Which, if it's if he works, then you know, sorry, if it, you know, that that's a, a lucrative spot. If he gets it. Um, might get thrown up forward if they get injuries, which a little bit of a concern, but he'll be playing um, if he gets picked. And I think that is very good. And props to Zeno for calling that, you know, first couple of days of Jan as well as listing him as the rookie. The thing that gets me is he's put Jake Lloyd as his lock. Now, I 
Jake Lloyd hasn't been anywhere near my team. Mine, and, mine neither. And it's because, and it's because there's there's no Jordan Dawson. The la- every time Jordan Dawson has missed a game for the Sydney Swans since since he nailed down a spot in that twenty two. Every game he has missed, Jake Lloyd has been the one moved up onto the wing. And I know that they've been trailing the likes of your Dylan Stevens and your Justin McInerney's in those positions. But what if that, what if gets to round five and Horse decides that that's not working? I think Jake Lloyd moves to the wing and goes back to averaging to averaging in the mid nineties. And I don't want to fork out $586,000 for someone who's going to get a role change mid-year. I'll tell you what, I'm not spending more than five hundred and forty grand on any... My old five hundred grand rule is back. It's now the five fifty rule. I'm not spending more than five fifty on anyone in defence. Jake Lloyd inclusive. Having said that, I don't think I've ever started Jake Lloyd, so maybe disregard. He's in 44% of teams. I just know I'm going to get him cheaper later on. Yeah, he's in mine at the moment, but I think he'll be fine. Like, I don't think he's a must-have. I think he'll continue on maybe, you know, a little bit less than what he did last year. Um, but I think they've had the full preseason, and they've got enough troops now. that They've got McInerney. They've got Ollie Florent. They've got Isaac Heaney pushing up the ground. They've got Errol Goulden. They've got the Warner brothers. Like, they've got enough players that can play on the wing that I don't think they drag Lloyd out long-term, like maybe one, you know, a couple of games to stop gap, but I don't think long-term he finds that role on the wing. I just think they've got enough troops that I'm not worried about it, but also, you know, there's not a lot of upside to Jake Lloyd. You know what you're going to get. Um, he'll be good. I just have enough of that worry to not want to select him. Oh, that's fair. That's, that's fair. fair. Um, the breakout, Isaac Heen. Yeah. How do we feel? How do we feel about the Heen dog? Nope. I picked nope. Heaney three years in a row and had yep. to trade him out at each of those three years within the first eight rounds so or something I. like that. And you know what, so, Damo? I'm ready to get burned again. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm, 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 no. I'm going nowhere near him. Zane said that if Isaac Heaney's not a top eight forward for total points at the end of the year, he's buying a GWS membership. But I think you're buying it. I think you should just go ahead and buy it now, Zane. I don't think he's, he's not going to play enough games. I, I can see a world where it happens. I can see that world. And they're, you know, the fact that Callum Mills did it last year after a long apprenticeship in the back line, it, it fills me with an, I don't want to, I don't want to use the word confidence, but it, it makes that world that Heaney is a viable midfield option, more palatable. No, thank you. Um, (laughs) yeah, so that's Zane. Follow him at Zane Red N White Z A N E R E D N W H I T E on Twitter or Zaino Z A N E O dot A R T Zaino Art on Instagram. He's got some beautiful, uh, hand drawn paint and painted. AFL pictures and caricatures. And I've got a nice Eddie Betts one that he sent me. He's a beautiful man is Zaino. Good egg. Good egg. Next up, do we have the Western Bulldogs patch? I think West, that's correct. The Western Bullfrogs. We do. Well, wow. and this one was made by, and if you're in the Supercoach world, you know him, Seeker oh, on Twitter, at Seeker underscore 11. That's the word, 11. Big Bulldogs fan. And I tell you what, <laughs> 
I mean, I'm, I've been, we've already spoken about Jake McRae. He's the lock. He's the best name on this list. But the 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 the, the rookie Charlie Parker, one hundred and two thousand four hundred dollars, is just an, an interesting player that was in this write up that I'd love to slot into my team if he can get in. He's a mature age selection rookie. They we saw last year that Bevo did play those mature age rookies. They bought in to top up. Charlie Parker seems like he could be a decent option for us. He hasn't left my team since the team picker opened. And I feel like he's someone who no one's really paying attention to or talking about as a rookie option. But I think once he's named in round one, we're going to see him in a lot more teams and he's got the scoring potential to actually probably be on field for most people by about round two or three. Yeah. He's um well he's yeah, kind of that Eastern Wood clone which we spoke about in our post draft wrap up. Um gosh, Bevo scares me though. Gosh, I don't mm-hmm. like having Bulldogs rookies in my side because oh boy is that just ooh, um but yeah, if he's if he's named round one, then obviously you you slide him straight in and uh and just watch him go because you know, they they to their credit, they do give him a good run when they actually get a crack in there. Um, I wanted to ask you, Damo, there's one name who didn't actually make this write-up. That's one Marcus Bontempelli, who averaged 120 last year. He's only in 11% of teams. He's 651700 dollars Mid only currently. We assume he might get forward eligibility later on with the new rules. Damo, why is no one talking about Marcus Bontempelli? I should mention this article was released before the official opening of Supercoach. So at this point in time, Seeker did not know that there would be dual positions added at rounds 6, 12, and 18. That's So, that's so he probably would have mentioned Marcus Montempelli if he had known that. And by all reports, well, not by all reports, by assumption, everyone thinks Marcus Montempelli is going to get that forward eligibility at one of those in at one of those intervals. Well, look, let's let's assume he gets forward eligibility. Everyone's going to bring him in as a forward. Starting him, it might be a calculated risk. Starting him as a mid only and hoping he gains forward. But if he doesn't gain forward, is he still a good selection, Damon? He seems to rack up points just by breathing and being on the field. So I don't see why you can't start him. He's just not one of those attractive sexy selections you know it's probably he's an an attractive sexy man though goodness me (laughs) he certainly is um ended up finishing last year priced at like 550k so maybe the outlay he might lose 100k through the year but he patchy was the fifth ranked he was the fifth ranked player in the competition for Supercoach last year, and he's, uh, he's only in eleven percent of teams. He's good at football. He's also very expensive, and Bond is prone to those those stints up forward, which you know might get him DPP, but also uh, sees a price drop. So, I think there's a, a better chance of picking up him cheaper during the year than there is with, say, Jack McRae, who is just consistent the whole way through. So. I don't know. I think that might be playing into it, but um, and you also just can't have too many dogs. And if you put Bond and uh, McRae next to each other, I know which one I'm taking every day of the week. Caleb Daniel intrigues me as well. Yeah, um, yeah. He's in my defence. Feels underpriced. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe he's just 
back to his uh, his old ways next year, and we we don't talk about that. And that, what was it? Was it a, a seventeen or something? He scored from a full game of football last year. Uh, I can tell you, but I I left. I can. I've got his profile up. I'm just trying to find it. But geez, I'm still upset about that. I swore I'd never pick him again. He scored a nineteen, no. I, and then got suspended. I was so mad at him. I swore him off, but then he averaged ninety four from rounds 8 to 16 and then 105 from rounds 17 to 23. So he ended the season as one of the higher averaging defenders, Damo, and at 510K, he, I mean, as much as he hurt me, he's attractive. What do you think about Josh Dunkley as an avoid in this article? He's said that since he has become a full-time midfielder, he has missed massive chunks of the season. Yeah, it's a concern. It's a concern for me. It's so, kind of Josh Dunkley falling into that Isaac Heaney sort of realm. Oh, I agree. Slander. I agree. Slander on Josh Dunkley's good name. 2019, 22 games. 2020, 11 games. 2021, 11 games. I'm just not willing to fork out uh, for a guy that I I suspect he's going to get injured again, Demo, and it's interesting that it coincides with that full-time mid, and you might be onto something there. On, yeah, I don't know. I'm looking at it. You know, he's very expensive, which hurts a lot. But he started the year last year, 113, 132, 132, 117, 148, 132 before getting injured. The fact that we've got the trade boost this year means that there's almost more of a chance you can cover that. You know, those five extra trades, could you could use them as a, if you want to be, you know, balls to the wall and, and forget about the COVID situation, which might hurt us. You could just say, well, they're five extra injury trades to to let me be a bit more risky to start with. I, I don't know if that's a good school of thought, but I don't know. I there, he's in 50% of teams as well, which kind of astounds me. But There'll, there um, will be people planning to use those trade boosts and there will be people planning as if they've still only got 30. And there is no wrong way to plan building your team. Uh, there is. It's just, it's whatever it's way just, it's just it. an interesting... <laughs> it's just interesting the way people are planning their their teams going into this season. We can't spend the entire podcast on Western Bulldogs, though, so we'll move to Carlton that Leck you wrote. I did. Is there anything there that you need to change? Because it's been about a month since you wrote it. Um, look, the only one... Uh, I, look, I'm still avoiding him, Paddy Cripps. I'm still avoiding him, but he has put the weight back on. Everyone reckons he's doing the midfield thing again. He's focusing on pure tackle and extraction and handballs. And look, I'm, I haven't been at, I've been away. I haven't been at the track watching the training sessions. Everyone's saying that he's back to what he was. I will believe that when I see it. Look, I don't think I, I would change anything because I, I don't know. I can't think of a player who's from a super coach relevance point, going to break out. So that's why I spoke about Mark Pittnett as well. And that was more looking at him as a draft, um, as a draft sort of breakout player rather than a classic. And I, a few people messaged me saying, oh, they were going to pick him after I wrote this, but you, sh- you should not, not in do classic. Not, do not do that. Um, but I just can't think of someone from the Blues who's, who's going to break out. Uh, one name you di- you mentioned, but you didn't put under a heading was George Hewitt. He's a almost 400K defensive midfielder and we have seen him be a midfield bull at the Swans in the periods of time that Josh Kennedy and Luke Parker have missed. 
is there any chance we see those 110 plus scores week in week out from George Hewitt or is it his role too unknown at this stage? Look, uh, I imagine that he takes he takes Ed Kerno's role. Ed Kerno is a player who in the past has averaged 100, averaged about 86 last year. I imagine that's where George Hewitt's ceiling sort of is as a, or, or his average will be across the year. He's, he went back to his natural role in the last sort of six rounds of, of last year and he averaged 88 across those rounds. And that's probably what I expect him to do. Maybe there's a little bit of, a, of an uptick Midfielders tend to have a slight uptick when they move clubs, but I, I think I don't know. Is four hundred grand for a guy who might have, might average eighty eight to ninety three worth it? Uh, I don't know, especially when the floor could be as low as you know sixty, um, yeah. which is more a reflection of the Blues than than George Hewitt. Um, but yeah, there's probably too many question marks for me to consider him. Having said that, he's another name that everyone's talking about. Zach Williams is another that's having a, the best preseason he's ever had. So just get ready to ride that roller coaster with any of these guys. Yeah, I quite like um, Hewitt as an option, but more of a draft option, I think. I don't oh, think, definitely. Um, yeah. I don't think as a, a classic option, he's probably up there. The um, the five percent of teams that have Caleb Marchbank in them, what are you doing? <laughs> What, well, what? he apparently he's almost finished his con- reconditioning. He's almost back his to eight, his eight-year reconditioning program. I'm just telling you what they're saying. Apparently, he's in the final phases of his conditioning. He's whatever he is, 180 grand or 200 grand. I don't even know how much he is. It feels like he's been conditioning since he got traded from GWS. Honestly, I would I would take one-legged Caleb Marchbank in defence over uh, Mr. McGovern. Uh, so look, I the people are just just Brody, clutching Brody at mid price straws Kemp. there. Brody Kemp is the choice of the lot, and you know he hasn't had a he hasn't had the chance to show his scoring potential yet. But the thing is, he's going to probably start in as a third tall in defence and learn his craft, and they're going to let him push up the ground as the season goes on. So he's probably a slow burn. But yeah, it's um, that's right. We'll take. I'm it. worried that like the number one owned player outside of Sam Walsh is uh, is. Dom McCooey, 102,000 defense ruck. Well, Charles um, Kerno is um, up at 220, uh, 25%. Oh, yes. Now. Sorry. Apart from uh, Charlie Kerno as well, which is a great selection and everyone should pick him. Rightio. Um, Geelong, uh, written by Supercoach Mama, winner of Supercoach last year. She wrote so we should just do us. everything that she says. We honestly, yeah, Literally. Yeah. Um, that means we are locking in Mitch Duncan because she said so and she's smarter than all of us. Um, and she messaged me before she, before she sent it through and said, "Can I add in another heading?" And I said, "You want super coach? Do whatever you want. You do whatever you want. Um, like she's got to wait, um, wait on two players uh, on Tom Stewart and Patrick Dangerfield. Stewart um, apparently is braining it on his recovery from injury. Like he's seeing a ballet physio and." is doing far better than anyone who has a Liz Frank foot thing should be doing still scares the hell out of me. So I'm not, um, not loving it, but yeah, Cooper Stevens is the one that I'm really intrigued with um, in that the cats need to not be so old and meme worthy. And Cooper Stevens is neither old nor meme worthy. So might get selected. Um, So intrigued there. Um, But outside of that, yet yeah, Duncan are we are we picking Duncan are we just picking it and, and going with it or are we worried by the, the soft tissue old man injuries that are starting to creep into to Mitchie's game 
Duncan hasn't left my team since the since it opened. It's it's an interesting one. I, I know I haven't had any of these locks. He's not in my team. I've got Tom Hawkins in that spot. Ooh. I just love that. Forwards, love that. Forwards, I'm still, you know, my 550 rule for defense. It's probably like a 525 rule in the forwards. And at the moment, Tom Hawkins fits under that. Mitch Duncan doesn't. I know it's probably a silly way to do it, but at the moment, I just can't fit him in. But I, t- I t- look, I totally get it. I totally get it. And if Supercoach Mama says it, that we should be doing it. By the way, if you don't follow her on Twitter, at E-Chalice, E-C-H-A-L-L-I-S, she won Supercoach. She knows what she's talking about. She knows what she's talking about. Um, so go read that article, um, and that'll give you the rundown on everything. Can we talk about Hawkins, though? She, we didn't really get too much of a rundown of Tommy in the article. And, like you and I have been saying this for, I feel like, five years that like, oh, he's going to finish in the top like eight forwards for Supercoach. Oh, but we won't pick him. Like, we won't pick him. And then he does it every single year. Are we just going to pick him this year? And that's year, why you've we... picked him. Um, that is exactly we... why Lek has picked him. But Lek, like every Lek has like, gone, I... Lek has looked at it and he thought about the fact that Lincoln McCarthy was a top 20 forward on total oh. points last season and said, you know what? I'm going to pick... Tom Hawkins because he's always at the top of this goddamn list. To play the devil's advocate that I've been playing every year for five years and being shown up for it, he's another year older, Geelong are another year older, and another year, in my opinion, further from flag contention. Like, does he like does he do it again? Can he how does he do it again? How could he possibly do it again? I say for the fifth year in a row where he's done it five years in a row. Look, I look. He played twenty-two games last year. Averaged ninety-four. Ow. The first seven games, he was down. He averaged. He only averaged uh, eighty-three across that. But then, rounds eight to sixteen, averaged a hundred. Rounds seventeen to twenty-three, averaged ninety-seven. Uh, look, if he's fit, he's gonna he's gonna take marks. He's gonna kick goals, and he's gonna tackle occasionally, and he's gonna get you some points. If he's my most expensive. And riskiest in quotation marks, I say risky, looking at my forward line, that's a lie. If he's my safest option, and I think he's going to be a top eight forward, I'm just picking him, and I do. I do. Yep. Here's something, like that you may have not thought about, but it's something that has come to my mind just now. Tom Hawkins attends ruck contests in the forward 50 for Geelong. Would that make him eligible for for, for a ruck Ooh. position by about round 6 to 12? <laughs> uh, I don't know, but God, I hope so. I don't know. I don't actually don't even know how that helps us, but I'll tell you what, I want it to happen. <laughs> oh, and then we get Mark Blissarves taking him in the back half of the ground, so we get a defence ruck for Blissarves. Like, we're, we're, we're laughing. We're laughing all the way to West Coast because we've got to move on because, oh boy, this is turning into a long podcast. How, oh, does, yeah. this keep, this... how does this keep happening? So this one, Because we like to talk to each other. We like to talk to each other. It's lovely. Uh, it's lovely. So Emperor, Emperor, Emperex, put this one together, E-M-P-R underscore X, um, big fantasy footy uh, brain and wonderful human uh, Emperex. Awesome cheat sheets he chucks up both Very for Supercoach and for, if you're a betting man for gambling, um, he does a lot of great stuff. So check him out. Yeah. Follow him on Twitter. Yeah. Um, aside from Greg Clark, lock him in um, immediately. Just lock him in. Don't even question it. Talks about Tim Kelly and Shannon Hearn as breakouts and Smokies, respectively. Oh, I don't love it. I'm not <laughs> picking the burn man. Not again. But don't love it. But also, 
I want to. I feel. Here's the thing about about Emperor. Here's the thing about him. Whatever he says doesn't happen. And so I think he has written this purposely to make whoever else people pick actually be good. He's taking a like a hit for the team, like a karma hit for the team. Yes. Like Lech not being allowed to pick Sam Walsh ever. Well, that might change this year. That might change. And he's told people well, to avoid Liam Duggan. So maybe Liam Duggan like pumps out 120 average or something from... Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Well, let, let's talk about it because I'll tell you what. His lock is my R1 and that's Nick Nat Newey. Love that. Love 11th that. overall last year, 627k. Uh, played... How many games did he play? I think he played, he played every 22 game. games. Averaged yeah. 115. Average 121 over his last rounds 8 to 23. So however and, many games that is, 121. And I was looking at his points per minutes stat earlier today. It's insane. It's insane. And, he, and in the final round where he scored his highest score for the year, 165 versus Brisbane, he scored at a 1.9 points per minute and spent... And and was only on field for seventy seven percent of the match. So I had this conversation with someone on Twitter. Uh, apologies, I can't remember who it was, and they were saying, like, someone was arguing that his his time on ground is always really low. So how can you trust him? And their response was, well, he averaged one hundred and fifteen across twenty two games with low time on ground. So. It doesn't matter what his time on ground is for me because if he can still punch out scores, I'm happy to select him. And yeah. I think he's underpriced. I think I think he's underpriced at 627. Yeah, and he'll be a massive pod. But while we're on that like low time on ground, that presents an opportunity for somebody else to jump in there. They've said Oscar Allen will not be in the ruck this year, which means by my very back of the envelope bad calculations, Bailey Williams is going to spend a bunch of time in the ruck and Bailey Williams being uh, 218k in the forward ruck swing. That means cash money, question mark? He's Potent- not cheap, but... I potentially think- more cash money if um, Luke Stranatica gets there, it gets one of the empty list spots. That's very true. Um, but I think whoever gets that backup rock roll as a as a you know, Jack Darling slash backup ruck um, fill in. I think that's, if it's Bailey Williams or Strenica, I think we pick him. I think there's there's an opportunity there. Look, I would probably need to see uh, some 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 upside in, in the pre... We're not going to see much preseason action, but in the preseason at 218K, because at that price, you know, you're comparing him to guys like Charlie Kerno, Stephen Ganigliog, Cam Rayner is a bit more expensive. Josh Rochelle, Rochelle. Is it bad that I have Braden Proust mentioned? What's that? Is it bad that I have all of those players you've just mentioned? Well, I'm just reading them off my team list, so. <laughs> but you know what I mean. There's a lot of value around that price who have shown it before. Whereas Bailey Williams, we're we're banking on upside and opportunity rather than um, yeah, fair prior performance. Very fair. Very fair. Very fair. All right, um, Richmond. God, I hate Richmond. Kev as a football this. club and as a fantasy side, just there's ah. Oh. Demi, we, you're the Kev but, whisperer. But can we talk about the fact that I got Kev back to the website? Kev, 
is one of the best humans that oh. on the planet. And oh, God, I love him. Damo, you you have a way with words to get him to get him back on. We love him so fucking much. I just asked him, and he was like, "Yeah, all right." Well, maybe that's where I'm going wrong. <laughs> I'm passively aggressively trying to bully him into joining the website and writing oh, and stuff. I mean, that's you bullying someone. No, never. No, never. I would never do that. I've never been banned off Twitter or, or Twitch. Or... Um, Dustin Martin is the lock for Kev at no surprise. 504k cheap for what Dusty can do. Like, I don't think we need to talk too much about Dusty Martin um, Jaden Short as well at 535k is an intriguing option to fit Jayden, in that lock. Jaden Short is the one that I've locked into my Supercoach team because his scores without Basha Hooley and without David Asprey are through the goddamn roof. Jaden Short is probably my favourite Richmond option this year. I, I was all in last year. I, I want to be all in again this year. I currently am like two grand short of having him in. I remember round one last year, he was getting points just by breathing near the ball. Yeah, he was on like 60 at quarter time. Yes. Um, and I remember Tim Mitchell, God bless his heart, did not start him and was like, what the hell is happening with this guy's <laughs> score? He oh. is getting points and I can't even see him. Yep. Yep. I do recall that. Um Yes, he's a decent, he's a good option. I am, um, and listening to the, the draft doctors a lot this preseason as well, um, they've been very good. Go check them out. Um, they've got the working theory that um, Jaden Short doesn't benefit as much from Hooley's departure as a Nick Vlosten does. Oh, I like Vlosten. Which is an intriguing, intriguing way of looking at it. So I still think Short will be very, very good. I just am not expecting him to... Um, to use uh, Cam's uh, favourite phrase, to brain it straight from the start. Um, so, Short and Vlosten are two guys. I really, I really, it's. A, I think it's a really good thing, a good uh, apt comparison. Over his last three games, which were between round seventeen and twenty-three last year, Nick Vlosten averaged one hundred and six. Jaden Short averaged one hundred and six. Vlosten um, really started coming on uh, from a scoring. He scored average 82 across the middle of the year, across eight games. He He's a, an exciting prospect and at 80 grand cheaper than Jaden Short. I mean, I, I'm probably not bold enough to start him, no, Patch, no, over Jaden Short. I no, have no, wanted to start Nick Vlosten for two years now and I just can't. Like, something has always been better and... But I love watching Nick Vlosten play and I've got Nick Vlosten in a keeper league and my goodness, he is someone who I am guarding with my life. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's a brilliant draft option, but I think Kev's put it um, best himself at the end when he's got avoid Richmond players, (laughs) just throw a blanket over them. And aside from Dusty Short and whichever rookie breaks in round one, I'm, I'm not going there. I just don't know. They're just not the super coach friendly side and it's worked for them in that they've won three flags, but yeah, nah. nah. By the way, I, I don't Dan- have Dusty in my team. Another I don't lock have I have, I'd have not selected. I don't have him either. I don't have him in my team I, um, either. I wouldn't be mad to have him. Danny Rioli, not interested. Josh Gibkiss probably won't play. Sydney Stack, no, no thank you. What about Prestia? Um, 
Nah, he'll be he's underval he's underpriced, but in that midfield. Uh, so isn't right. he isn't midfield he forward eligible now? Is he? Or am I am I imagining that? That, that no, is Jack Graham. Jack Graham is the one mm. that intrigues me, but again, I'm not going there because Richmond are scammy. Um I know Jack Graham can average a hundred plus. Whether he will average a hundred plus yeah. isn't is another thing. Yeah, as we've just spoken about all the value in the forward line. Um I'd, I'd rather go with it. All right, let's anyway. Let's get. Let's out of push here. on to the final one of this podcast. We thought we were <laughs> how idiotic were we? That we thought we were going to get through them all. Let's look at the Essendon Bombers patch. You wrote this. I did. Um, shockingly, it was a, a descent into madness, and we got to experience it through your eyes, which was great. Um, you want to avoid every single player who plays in the midfield yep. for the Essendon Bombers, but. Yep. The the name I like, and uh, he has not been a, a popular selection, but your Smokey in Dyson Happel, I think he's not being spoken about enough. In 541k. My in my team, and hasn't really left it, um, to be honest with you. Very, well, very good halfback. Can so you speak just, to us on that? Um, he just seagulls. He's just very good at seagulling and, and marshalling the troops and wandering around and picking up a fair chunk of the ball. And he's just really consistent when he's in that role. He had, I think his lowest score for the year last year was 85. It was 80. 80. Lowest score was 80. There, and then got up to 121 as his highest score with a, a bunch of tons, a bunch of nineties, really consistent. And, you know, it looks like Touchwood. He's over a lot of those injury concerns has been flying preseason. The role is his. Um, I think he's, I think he's a better option than Jordan Ridley. I was just about to ask you that. I think he's a... a, Oh, it hurts to say, and I want to pick both of them. I've got to ask. Mm. Do you know if he's been playing this role in the Essendon match simulations that they've been doing? Heppel. Correct, yes. I believe so. Um I believe so. I think a lot of the, the Essendon match sim focus is on who's playing in the midfield because that's the big question and the big question I don't I don't want to bar of, honestly. Um, but I, I think, I assume so. I don't know what else, what other role he'd be playing. He's not up forward. He's, I think he's still just seagulling. We'll take some kickouts. We'll, yeah, just do what he did last year. Because I've heard that Ridley and Kelly... Us are working really well together. Yeah, you've got your well. two, you've got your key defenders sorted out, um, and then there's a few other, and then you've got your main guys sort of in that in yep. those other two or three positions. So I didn't know if Heppel because they no one's really talking about Dyson Heppel for some mm. reason. I, he looks like someone who could perhaps be moved around during the match simulations, uh, but look, may think... nail down a spot during the season. There's but, the risk during the season, I think, that if we get a bunch of injuries, he might go into the middle, which if he goes into the middle, then he'll still score, you know, what's he averaged the last couple of seasons as a as a midfielder? Um, you know, 90, like high 90s, low 100s. Um, I, think, I think he's a really safe option regardless of where he plays, but I think we've got enough midfielders now that he just plays down back and is that... You know, him and, you know, Nick Hines, the attacking option. Heppel's kind of the more link-up guy. Um, He's a... Look, Dyson Heppel's a very, very interesting 
player. It's, he's not a sexy player. In hindsight, it's super obvious that we should have started him at 319k last year. It's super yes. obvious. Fantasy Freako said it. We should have listened because the only outlier in his career where he really didn't average very much was uh, was 2020 when he yeah, averaged he played, 66 and got injured. Played, played three games. Um, he's Look, he, he. I suspect that he does once again average 99 to 100. You compared him to Corey Enright. It makes me sick. Maybe you're right, though. But the reason yeah. no one's bloody looking at him is because Jordan Ridley is a better pick. Jordan Ridley's a better pick. Jake Kelly, we said it, Damo, when Jake Kelly signed with Essendon, it makes Jordan Ridley a better player. You, you know what? Pick them both. Pick them both. That's madness. <laughs> Do Could it. you start the year with short Ridley, Heppel, and Vlosten? I mean, you, you no. can do whatever your heart desires. <laughs> it's not. I'm trying to avoid picking multiple premiums from the same team this year because yes, COVID I, is going to destroy. I, I am also doing that. Yep. Um, I I sort of look around and select players from teams I don't already have players from that team of. Yeah. That if um, in fifty fifty calls that is being my deciding factor at the moment. That's, just... that's fair. That's fair. I think they'll both be very good options. Um, I think they'll both be great. Because. Um, Yes, uh, they're both going to be good. But the fact that Heppel's more expensive than Ridley and I think is going to average 20 points less per game. 20, 20 points, you reckon? What yeah, do you see both of them averaging then? I think Heppel averages 100. So. And I think um, I think Jordan Ridley could, could average 100. And I, think, I mean, I honestly think he could average 125. Like, wow. I, I am that high on him this year. Wow. I um, uh, Yeah, look. Ridley will be very good this year. They'll both be very good. I want them both. Um, yeah. Yeah, look, yes. Pick them both is my official answer. I'm on the rookie front. Kane Baldwin probably won't play early. Um, I just don't think he's ready. He hasn't played. He's played one or two VFL games. and They're the only games he's played since he was 15. Um, and they just won't throw him in. They, I hope they don't throw him in. Garrett McDonough has also apparently not looked crash hot in Matt Sim, and I don't know how he fits in. So if you're one of the 13,000 people that have him, maybe unhave him. Listen, <laughs> listening to Dan Batten, it sounds like Garrett McDonough is still getting big raps from the Essendon insiders. Yeah, okay. Yeah, listening to people that have been there, um, the lunchtime catch-up pod, I listened to their rep, and they said, you know, he hadn't done all that much that had impressed them. Um, and I think he played on the, the pink, the, the second side, um, during recent, recent match seems as much as you can, you can't really read into them too much, but I don't know. I'm not counting on him being there round one. I don't know who he replaces or where he fits in or what happens there. All right. Let's wrap this up by the way. I'm not going to, I'm not saying pick him, but Peter Wright did average 104 of his last seven games last year. Um, Good God. Let's no. move at 447K in the forward line. Let's move. No. Let's end this podcast because we've done half of the league. We thought we were going to do the whole league. We didn't. It's already <laughs> been an hour. Damo, thank you for joining us. Thank you for organizing all these pocket profiles. And um, and we'll see you back in part two. Yeah, I mean, every gear had to work to make, to, to, to make it run. But um, everyone got their profile in when I asked for them and um, it all worked out fine. And thanks to everyone for writing one and that was asked and maybe it's something I'll do again next year. Yeah. Well, the, the, the responses have been, have been epic and the, 
We can just look at the numbers on the reads, mate. People have frothed these articles. I think your Frio is still trumping it. I think your Frio is still number one article, baby. So well done. Patch, thank you for joining. Um, great to see your beautiful locks. It's a pleasure to be here, as always. Um, love chatting to you too, and love chatting to the community. I hope you've been well. It's been a little while since we've been on the airwaves, and it is nice to be back. And once again, thank you to supercoachchampion.com. Go there to get all of your Supercoach Championship rings for your leagues. Community, we bloody love you.